0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network.
1: The following show is just horrifying. Beware. You're gonna carry on and plan the sequel, cause that's face it, baby. These days, you gotta have a sequel. Yeah!
0: And welcome back to Microqueers. It's your bi-weekly queer horror
1: short roundup, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and we're gonna be discussing Rose McGowan's short film Dawn, which um whoo Mm-hmm. really really really, uh hits you over the head with that one (laughs) it's not at all what you expect right i mean you know it's it's interesting i watched it twice in preparation for this so i watched it the first time and i was like oh man that's heavy and Mm -hmm. i actually forgot that it starts with an N media res yeah like scene and i was like that's weird that i forgot that happened (laughs) 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 It's relatively brief. Yeah. And maybe before we get
0: too far into it, folks, if you haven't seen the short Dawn is about a quiet young teenager who longs for something or someone to free her from her sheltered life. And oh boy, if that description isn't, uh, it's a bit misleading. (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of, she is freed from her sheltered life. Oh, oh dear. That's not
0: very nice I know. at all, is it?
1: No, it's not. No, but so again, yeah, this is directed by Rose McGowan, but I also do think we should point out that the writers of this short. It's M.A. Mm-hmm. Fortin and Joshua John Miller, a.k.a. the uh, queer partner duo who also wrote The Final Girls. And it's a bit of a tonal shift. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's got the darker elements of The Final Girls in it. Mm-hmm. I won't lie, mm-hmm. when I uh, when I added this to the list, I completely forgot why it was on there. So I was watching it, kind of trying to keep an eye out, thinking, okay, For queerness. where's the queerness here? And then when I started <laughs> to research it, I realized, it's the writers. It's the writers. But also, I love that there's some queer references woven in here with uh, Tab Hunter
1: and Rock Hudson being the voices okay. of teenage sexual
0: experience. <laughs>
1: I thought the exact same thing, and the timing is perfect, too, because we just covered Psycho 3, what, about two months ago, maybe, and had a discussion about Anthony Perkins and Tab Hunter there, Mm -hmm. and I I had watched the documentary Tab Hunter Confidential for that recording, but it was just, it was so funny when she's reading the magazine about, oh, like, what does Tab Hunter look for in a date? And I was like, oh, I know the secrets about all that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is it a penis? Is
0: that what he's looking for? (laughs) That's only a joke because... Often closeted gay stars were forced to do editorials like this to protect their interests. So I'm laughing, but it's
1: actually very, very sad. Yeah, I mean, he seemed fine. Like it's it's I mean, again, this isn't this isn't what the short's about, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it was just how life was, which is really mm-hmm. shitty for back then, but like because it's yeah. how it was, at least in Tab Hunter's case, he was fine, he seemed fine with it. <laughs> yes, Rock Hudson, not so much. He became a raging alcoholic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um but moving back to Dawn. So yeah, I mean this is um it's about 15 minutes long and it's very pop like well I was, I was going to say bubble gummy because there mm-hmm. actually is bubble gum in a centerpiece of the <laughs> of the short. Yes. It's very bright and pretty set in. I'm assuming the 50s or 60s probably. It's 61 apparently. 61. And I I I really really dug this. My only <sighs> Okay, so this came out in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. This is pre-Me Too movement, which is, that that is an important context to put it in, because we both know that Rose McGowan has been a, a loud voice in the Me Too movement. Correct, yes. And I do wonder, because at first I was thinking, like, well, is this, like, autobiographical? Because even though, I mean, spoiler alert, everyone, Dawn is, you know, killed at the end of the short. Yes. It's very much like this, oh, this innocent girl, you know, losing her innocence and she makes one wrong decision and can't get out of it and pays and she pays the consequences as her abusers or murderer gets off scot-free. And mm-hmm. I can't help but wonder if one of the reasons McGowan took this film is because it's a story that's familiar to her in her personal life.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, a sort of problematic figure aside with her, you know, her struggles with mental health and mm-hmm. some of the other things that have come out in the wake of her correct allegations against Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Rose McGowan has always been a very vocal feminist, and I think she's been interested in particularly cinema that has depicted female safety and issues of protectiveness. And I I love the dichotomy here with the bubblegum aesthetic of this perfect white upper middle class house mixed with Mm -hmm. the kind of rough and tumbleness of this greaser guy who works at the gas station. And I think it is very telling. I think you can definitely read some autobiographical elements into here and i think that makes the short richer as a result
1: mhm i agree i mean again even with that with that aesthetic you're talking about then we get such a dark ending for it like that contrast is i feel like very very apparent and yeah it's 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 just really rough. And, you know, the, the, the actress that plays Dawn, uh, Terry Limbar, I'm familiar with her on uh, a Hulu TV show called Casual. That, yes. Yeah, it, it's great show. Her character um, goes up and down in terms of likability. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say, yeah, it was really nice seeing her in this role, but oof, it did did it not hit hard when she's sitting there begging to go home? It is just
0: yeah and i can't remember what episode we talked about but oh it was our patreon episode for the recent wrong turn remake where i Mm -hmm. talked about my discomfort with characters being made to disrobe in violent situations and i really didn't like it how she was just kind of left not wearing a dress and pleading to have her dress back so that she could feel safe and
1: not being allowed well I was, I mean, again, like this may be a bit of a reach too, but even with the queer aspect, I was also thinking if the other female in the cast who is played by Hannah Marks, if her desire to switch dresses, if there wasn't like... I mean, again, it might be a bit of a reach, but like just like Mm -hmm. some kind of queer subtext there between them and how they want it, how she wants to switch dresses. Um, Or if it was just like, oh, I like your dress. Give it to me before you get blood all over it. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely also thought that a little bit like just there's there's a bit of a flirty vivaciousness to that character. Mm -hmm. I read it a bit more as, hey, rich girl, I want to try a new Mm -hmm. life because I don't have the same kind of assets and privilege as you do and also i know you're gonna get blood
1: on it (laughs) so we're i'm halfway i'm oh my god i'm half white i'm half right (laughs) (laughs) terrible terrible
0: so interesting to note that in the interviews that rose mcgowan did for this film because this debuted at sundance and apparently Mm -hmm. got rave reviews and hmm not at all sexist reviews from a lot of critics who said oh we didn't know she had this in her We didn't think that she was going to be capable of delivering a film like this because she's not a director. (laughs) Silly woman. (laughs) Basically, which she retorted being like, I've spent 50,000 hours on film sets. So yes, I've got a film education.
1: Love it. I mean, she, she, she's not afraid to check anyone, that's no, for sure.
0: No, <laughs> But I thought it was interesting that she referenced three particular inspirations for this film. So she said part of the aesthetic, and I think we've talked about this in the bubblegum slickness of the house, mm-hmm. is the original parent trap. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. That one, I think, is very clear. Well, the living room specifically like, is very reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. And then she also said The Tension of Night of the Hunter, which we have had conversations about offline. It's a movie mm-hmm. I watched last year. Absolutely love it. And it's a movie that you have indicated that you want to track down and watch because you've heard so much uh, about
1: it. I do own it now. I have that Criterion Blue. I just got to pop it in.
0: There you go. Okay. And <laughs> the final element is the loneliness of an Edward Hopper painting, which is a reference that I personally do not know. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I thought there was more to that. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, it was just those three. But interesting to note in the Hollywood Reporter sort of recap of how this all went down in terms of the reception and what she was planning to do with this. Because she actually really wanted to get an Oscar nomination for a short film for this. Mm-hmm. And the Hollywood Reporter piece actually describes this as Douglas Sirk meets David Lynch. And I thought that that was a very astute observation.
1: See, I see the Douglas in and I don't necessarily know if I see the Lynch, but I think that's because I associate a lot of like kind of fragmented narratives with David Lynch, like something a uh, bit more abstract okay. that this is not. Right. So I think a lot of people... Specifically
0: with regards to things like Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet, they'll talk Mm -hmm. about the dirty, grimy messiness that hides under civilized society, particularly in Mm. the suburban lifestyle. So I think the suggestion that, you know, even at the end of the short, when the guy who murders her reveals his motivation, and it's literally
1: just he wanted to see what it felt like. Well, okay, yeah, I want to talk about that too. Because, you know, we have a two gay men writing a short story that's directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always talk about how the horror genre um, gets uh, complaints about misogyny lobbying against it. And granted, you know, there isn't a lot of torture that we see on screen, like outside of, you know, them throwing a rock at her head and her begging like, to be let go. Right. But I think that's an interesting way to take it. But yeah, I was, just, again, watching this like, oh, like, is it a statement on men? Like, I think that's why it's important we have the female villain in the group with them. I think so too. But just, I, or is it like society in general, where it's like, I'm bored with my life. And so I want to just see what it feels like to kill somebody. And there's also that, that lack of motive there that, um, you know me, I, I want to bring scream into it, because <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, I, and you know, there's the line that Dawn has where she says, you know, my, my mother's going to be so mad at me. And I don't know if it was intentional or not. But it reminds me so much of Matthew Lillard's delivery of my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. And yeah. yeah. Given who the writers are and how familiar they are, and we know they are with the and horror the genre, actress from Scream, <laughs> a- a- exactly. I cannot help but think mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was an intentional thing, um, an intentional inclusion in in this short. Right. No, I think it's entirely possible. I I definitely read this
0: mostly as a class based short. So poor mm-hmm. people who go after the middle. To upper class girl but I think to do so is also to sell it a little bit short because visually it's a great looking short it's acted really well but I think specifically just the deconstruction of what this girl's life is like and particularly coming from a Hollywood actress who has a mm-hmm. bit of a troubled past or like yeah has grown up in the industry and has probably experienced all kinds of violence and protection at the hands of men. And I'm saying protection Mm -hmm. with quotation marks,
1: right? No, for sure. Well, so what do you, I don't know, what do you think this film is trying to say then? Like, I guess that's where I was kind of going with like, what, like a statement on humanity, like Mm -hmm. we're bored and whatever. So is this a nihilistic film to you? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, if if you look at it strictly from a
0: class based argument, it's like, okay, well, rich people better watch out because, you know, poor people are going to eat you. Mm-hmm. But I think more to the point, it's that there's a certain kind of ennui that can lead to madness and violence. Like basically under civilization, we are all hungry for blood. We all want to climb that corporate ladder we all want to get ahead but also we want to feel something and suburbia and domesticity and roles that we are assigned to play can be very stifling so that's how i read particularly that final line and their motivation
1: well also the time period too right like this is like uh oh god when it rebel without a cause is like the 50s right but we're kind of getting into that like you know teenage rebellion thing and so Mm -hmm. (sighs) uh <sighs> um well okay would you watch a feature-length version of this oh absolutely yes 100 percent. would you end it like so hey would it be more like dawn's journey and then it, it still ends the same way or is the ending of this short like i don't know like the middle of the first act or something or sorry the middle of the film yeah there's a lot of sort of
0: tantalizing opportunities like i can imagine what this would be like if dawn is kind of like your uh your janet lee character right and then she's killed off and then maybe the rest of the film becomes her parents trying to hunt these killers down or even like some kind of court trial particularly if it's in the 60s where we're talking about repression and conservatism then i think it would make a lot of sense but part of me would like to see i don't know i would want to see dawn at least get more screen time at the very minimum
1: Right. Well, I mean it and it's called dawn. So it's right. like but again that that, that, that that could be a really fun misdirect where it's like oh your title character gets killed or mm-hmm. in the, even in the case of Rebecca where it's like oh your title character's not on screen <laughs> <Yeah>. for the <laughs> entire runtime. <laughs> That has been Dawn, everybody. Listeners le- and viewers, I guess. Um, let us know what you thought of this short. What were your reads? I mean, because again, like, I think there's a lot to unpack here. And our reading is most likely not the only one you can gather from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is pretty open. I think people can take a lot of different things away from this. So, yeah. Um, and let us know what you thought. And let us know what you want to see from a feature length version. But um, until our next episode of MicroQueers, we can cross out Dawn. Yes.
0: And cross out micro clears because you stole my line, you dick.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, okay. <laughs>